Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Juju Show. Uh, we made it all the way to episode 25. Woohoo, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, man, I've been... Uh, my uh, schedule this week has been really messed up. <laughs> so, um, I, don't, I don't know. Um, so... Like today, this morning, right? Um, I I don't I don't know how relevant this is to people, but like I've been, I've been getting uh. There's like a lot of people I know who like are like F one fans, and like I've been like trying to F one pill people. I guess I don't know, but like um. So anyway, there was a there was the uh Formula One um uh race in like Belgium today. I was like, sure, I'll watch it. Uh, guess what happened what happened okay so it basically ended up as like a fucking rain delay that didn't end so a race basically the race basically didn't happen and then i was just up like at like 8 a.m oh my god and then I, it was like i was just sitting there and like they're like well we don't know when if we're gonna start the race and they basically fucked around for four hours and then they did oh like some god. um uh you know like uh some shit with like uh like they had like you know uh uh what is it called like the uh, safety car yeah right? and then like so they would so basically the racers would like be behind it because the rain conditions were pretty shit like you couldn't see in front and then like it was just like they did like two laps and they were like yep yeah, well uh we uh we can call it here because you know now we can give half points to everyone, but it it was it was <laughs> terrible. It was a it was a terrible experience. Oh, it basically no. ruined my morning. Um, I would like I like it was I was like awake too for like no. So I I woke up early for literally zero reason on a Sunday. Oh my! God. I wanted I went into KMS. It was uh. Oh my god! It was uh. It was it was pretty feels bad, man. But um. Considering this is like this is like a one-off, and this basically this situation's like never actually happened before. It was a very weird situation with the weather and like them like being like, ah, we don't know if we're gonna start or not. So I mean, I just got unlucky to choose this race to be the first one that I would actually watch. So yeah, Ouch. yeah, it was uh, got cooked. I, I got cooked really hardcore. So I I was like so my sleep schedule is like, well it's it's weird because like waking up at eight normally is like a more normal thing. It wasn't normal for me because I I was not like prepared to wake up at eight a.m. on a Sunday. Like I could do it for yeah, like on the yeah. weekdays, and I actually right. had to do it a couple of times because uh, this week was kind of cancer for work. Right. Um, but not on Sundays. So, yeah, I uh, um, my day's been feel felt very strange. Let's just put it this way. I I was I I basically been in bed for like half the day because Jesus. like my sleep is uh uh not doing so good. Yeah, I can kind of relate to that. I stayed up to watch the LPL series. Because I thought World Elite would do well. And then they got like fucking 3 0 giga fucked by EDG and like a massive underperformance. And then I had to go to bed mad at 7 a.m. So. Yeah. I, it's like, it's like, it's shit like this that makes me like want to like not go to sleep a lot of the time. Right. Yeah. I, I just wish it was like I could like, like willingly like choose when I could go to sleep and when I could wake up. Yeah. Right. And like instead of like my body dictating it. Right. Yeah. But unfortunately, I like there's so much shit I would like actually rather do if I didn't need to sleep. Yeah. You know, like just wasting so much time being tired and shit. It's like it's it's always a feels bad, man. Like, yeah. yeah. So feel I feel very I, I'm not tired right now, but like it, today's been a very bizarre day that I haven't really done anything because, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, so as a 
as a result of being on episode 25, we've made it this far. Um, I've decided that we're finally going to talk about oh, Rubik's boy. Cubes. We're finally oh, going to talk boy. about it. Wax, Wax, episode. Wax, I think, apparently thinks that there's a lot to talk about for Rubik's Cubes. There's really not. Like, I mean, there's not. No, there really isn't. So, like, Wax thought that this, I mean, Wax was like, oh, is this going to be a podcast about Rubik's Cubes? It's like, no, there's not that, there's really not that much to talk about for Rubik's Cubes. Like, it can be an episode, which today is an episode. And I guess because it's 25, it's a good time to do this episode. But for, like, more yeah. than that, it's like, no, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah, like, yeah, that's true. R- really, there's nothing to talk about. So it's going to be, like, basically a mini episode, which is, like, the tism of actually, like, solving Well, it's, it's going to be, re- I can do, like, a regular length stuff. It's just not, right. like, it's not going to go, there's not going to be much to talk about beyond this. Okay, okay. Because no enough. one really cares about, like, because, I mean, the competitive stuff is, like, dead right now. So... You know, because competitive is dead, it's really hard to talk about competitive, and that's really the only thing worth talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and most people don't care about competitive. Like, I don't care right, about competitive right. results either. Okay, so if, if you don't care about competitive, then yeah, no one else in this Discord is going to care. Yeah, no one, no one, gives, no one is going to give a shit. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Like, it's cool when a world record gets broken, but that's like, oh, world record got broken. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, I move forward to this. So, Rubik's Cubes in the speed cubing scene. It's uh it's pretty interesting actually. Like um how do I put this? So when you, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of ha- are under the misconception that solving a Rubik's Cube is hard. It's actually not hard like at all. Right. Like I mean I if if you know if like I'm pretty sure like if you're taught how to solve a Rubik's cube and you're given like an hour or two like you can solve a Rubik's cube 100% of the time at that point. It's really it's really not tricky. What is tricky is trying to solve a Rubik's cube without knowing what you're doing. Mm. Right? Cuz which is like 99% of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the problem. But once you know, like, because the problem with a Rubik's Cube, like, solving it, like, when you're a kid, like, when I first, like, had a Rub- Rubik's Cube, figuring it out is, like, very, there's a lot of concepts involved in solving a Rubik's Cube that kind of, like, you don't understand, right? Because you're, like, turning it and it's, like, oh, I match the colors, right? Right. Right. So, yeah. like, it, it, like, there's, like, stuff like, you know, there's like so much going on that like if you if you if you take the time right to like um go and grind through it and like figure stuff out you'll eventually be able to figure it out on your own if you if you have enough determination but it requires a level of like mathematical insight well not really mathematical but like pattern recognizing insight that i think most people don't have the patience to have and i personally wouldn't do because it's just way too hard it's also not fun to do it that way right Right. so like like skitter right intuitively just tell me intuitively like tell what what would you think the steps would be to solve a rubik's cube you probably intuitively okay that's Anything that comes want to, to mind. You probably want to isolate one side and then just, um, or at least like you want to isolate one row and then just like work around it. So like you have one row solved, then you like move on to the next one, et cetera, et cetera. So actually that is uh, more correct than what most people think it is, right? Oh. Yeah, actually, you're pretty much like intuitively, that's basically how you would solve it, right? There's a right. bit more to it, but right. So most people, you would do it like solving one side at a time, right? Matching one yeah. color at a time. Yeah, That's not actually correct. Um, the problem with this is, um, so if you look at a regular, it's hard to do this without visually, um, but 
in an audio medium. But when you have a solved Rubik's Cube, right, uh, if you notice, like, the centers, right, um, the centers are, like, in a fixed position. And no matter what you turn, the centers are always going to be, you know, the centers, right? Right. So um, they don't change, right? If you just think about matching, like, let's say you're trying to solve the white side, right? Right. Like, if you just try to solve the white side and just put everything white, and you don't put the pieces, the white pieces in the correct positions, uh, you're not going to be able to solve it because, um, well, you're going to have to do some extra shit just to, like, get it to work nicely. And then, like, as the, and then, like, that involves, like, um, swaps and all this kind of shit that's like not very intuitive at all so like people saying they've solved like four sides or three sides they're full of shit like it's just like it's one of the easiest ways you can tell that someone's like never doesn't have any idea what they're doing with the rubik's cube because like solving three sides on a rubik's cube is actually incredibly difficult like it's actually i'd say harder than solving a rubik's cube in a normal way so the actual way to solve a Rubik's Cube is you actually put the pieces into positions, right? So yeah. what I like to think about is for a Rubik's Cube, most people associate it with stickers, right? Yeah. Like you would associate it with stickers. I don't use st cubes with stickers. And I think like my cubes are stickerless and it's kind of actually, I think it looks better than stickers. Stickers peel off and they're, you know, you know, like having to deal with restickering them sucks. Like when you yeah. have stickerless ones, it's just the colored plastic, right? And then the colored plastic. And what this actually does is it forces you to kind of recognize you can't peel off the stickers because there are none. They're just colored. So intuitively, it's kind of a better way to understand that there's not the stickers don't have to match. The pieces have to be put in the correct position. And okay. uh, the way you okay. tell is with the colors, right? Okay, yeah. Right. So when you solve a Rubik's Cube, right? Um, so you said row by row. That's like kind of like the... We, we don't call it rows. We call it layers in this case. Okay. And it's kind of... It's a layer by layer method. It, it basically starts out... This is the method that I use, right? I've And like 85%, probably 80 to 85% of people who solve a Rubik's Cube use this method. There are other methods, um, but they operate under sim similar principles, but like it's kind of like what you do is slightly different, right? Um, so basically okay. what you do is you build um, the first layer by... Um, well, actually, you don't build the first layer. You build the first two layers, right? This is more advanced, but what you basically do is you basically have like... The first layer, well, if you're going to go from the beginner's method, you would do the bottom layer, and then you would do the center layer, and then the top layer is where things get tricky. It involves the most steps because you have to, like, there are less pieces you can, like, move freely because if you move stuff, you're going to disturb stuff. That's what makes solving a Rubik's Cube actually pretty difficult okay. is that, um, you know, to solve one part, you have to unsolve another part. And if you don't know how to put it back in a way such that you resolve the part that you unsolved, um, you're right. just not going to make progress, right? Okay, so you basically need to, like, okay, like, keep the pattern to memory, basically, and be able to go back. Yeah, um, kind of. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what happens, right? Um, yeah. You basically do, you basically take it step by step solving bits and pieces at a time and like yeah. eventually you'll have like all the pieces in the right position and then it'll be solved right and like the thing is like um there's like so i mentioned before like my method of solving it involves solving the first two layers and then dealing with the top layer right um yeah uh, the top layer, basically what we want to do is we want to have, like, it, there's two steps. The first is, like, orient the last layer, which is basically, so let's say the top side is yellow, which is the opposite of white on a normal Rubik's Cube. Um, top side is yellow. Okay. 
you solve the yellow side but what you do the first step you would do is make the top all yellow you don't care about what position the pieces are in you just okay. want the top to be all yellow right okay and then from there you do um the permutation step which is what we call pll um permutation of the last layer which basically uh moves the pieces it keeps the orientation correct, but it just moves the pieces such that they're in the right positions. And then you can okay. solve the cube, right? Um, so if you're a beginner, you don't, what you're, what you usually end up doing is you break up these uh, individual steps into like multiple steps, right? Um, so yeah. instead of like, you know, flipping all of the top layer at once, you'll flip the edges, the edge pieces, right? Which are, I, I guess edge pieces, like, the way I would describe it are, like, kind of, like, yeah, not corner pieces. The ones that are in between the corner pieces. Those are edge pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'll, you'll flip the edge pieces, you'll flip the corner pieces, and then you'll move the edge pieces, and then you'll move the corner pieces. Or you'll do, like, a combination. Or you'll do, like, maybe something in a different order. But basically, you'll do that in, like, a bunch of different steps, right? Like, it's the same thing for, like, if you're doing the first two-layer step, right? So normally what you do is you solve the bottom cross, which is basically okay. the bottom layers, like, edge pieces. You put them in the right position. This is, like, shared among all, all of the ones that use, like, the beginner's method and any of the ones that use, like, this layer-by-layer -layer step method. Um, and then, like, for a beginner's method, what you'll do is you'll put the corners in the correct position, like in terms of like where they are and then you'll put like the and then you'll solve the second layer but in the advanced method you what you'll actually do is you'll actually like um solve the corners and the edges at the same time it's kind of tricky to explain but it's like basically like you'll form like mini blocks and you basically put them in the right position um and yeah right um so essentially like there's other ways to do this too um you can also do like um so the other main method that you do that what people use is called Rue and basically it involves like making like two by three blocks. Sorry. Well, yeah, two by three by one blocks of sorts on the opposite sides of each other such that like you have the remaining top layer and then like a layer in the middle that's in between these uh, two by three do you okay. do you kind of picture it I, I don't know how easy it is to explain this right just think of it like the like there's a top layer that's unsolved and then there's like on the left side you have a two by three by one and then on the right side you have a two by three by one and then in the middle is like unsolved and then there's okay. like the centers and then you like okay, okay. from there you like um basically moves shit around such that like eventually you'll have like just like um you'll solve from there i'm not i don't use rue um some people use rue i it's like it personally like i don't i don't know i tried rue for a little bit but i'm not really i didn't really like it but like some okay. people say they like it it's kind of it, it's a different approach right okay yeah, yeah that's it's weird without like the visual thing. Yeah, but it's guess... weird without the visual. If you see the visual, it makes sense intuitively what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's one of the tricky things about doing explaining this in an audio media. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, that's kind of like the basic way to solve a Rubik's cube, kind of explained in like a way such that no one knows how to solve it. Yeah, I, I have I... done a fantastic job at that. But like again, like it's it's basically impossible for me to teach how to solve a Rubik's cube unless I do it in video form because you can't see the way the pieces move, right? And it's also not really doable without like someone actually having the Rubik's cube and actually like messing around with it. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah. So, anyways, we're gonna move on to. Uh, we're gonna move on. So, like the three by three is like the regular Rubik's cube, but um, there's like two by two cubes all the way up to 
what's the biggest cube right now on the market? Is it like 31 by 31 or something? 30, holy shit. I don't know. There's a there are some really big cubes recently um, that have started to become pretty gigantic. Um, they're just really big. Um, anyway, the point that I'm trying to make is like uh, there's a lot of different sizes, and cubes gradually become gigantic. But in in reality, solving a Rubik's cube. Uh, after you get past five, you know how to solve every single Rubik's Cube configuration possible. It just takes more time. It's hard okay. to explain it, but the concepts that you use in 4x4 four four and 5x5 five five basically get repeated ad nauseum in 6x6, 7x7, and on forever. So, like, solving a... Like, if I was given a 1,000 by 1,000, which would be probably, like, a nightmare to engineer um, for uh, many mechanical reasons because, like, it's... You'd have to, like, somehow design it such that the when you turn the cube, like, the pieces in the middle don't, like, fall out. Yeah. Which is kind of a silly thing to think about, but it's actually true. It's actually kind of like a nightmare to engineer because they have to be small enough because they have to be small enough to like not be too unreasonable, but they can't. And you have to like make the edges kind of gigantic. Like the, on the very outside, you have to make them gigantic so that they don't like stick out and fall out. It's really, it looks really strange. Like if you look, if you Google like a, a 30 by 30 cube or some shit like that, it's like, you'll see what it looks like. It looks very odd. (laughs) I, yeah. I don't yeah it's not it yeah it looks very odd um and to a lesser extent you'll see this kind of ring true for like seven by sevens and six by sixes as well Jeez, right this is um wow it's not as exaggerated but like yeah so if you if you want to see something that looks really odd just google like a like a, i don't know like seven by 17 by 17 is like an actual cube that's being sold um yeah. yeah it's they're pretty gigantic anyway these are like those are just novelty shit right so right four by four five by five basically the same thing all you have to do is you have to learn how to solve like the centers which is actually not that tricky um it's just kind of more work and then you have to be able to pair the edges which is an interesting step but it's just more work you just like learn how to pair the edges. And then on top of that, um, sometimes you'll screw up like right. through no fault of your own. But like because of the way the key works, sometimes you'll screw up and accidentally put yourself in an, what would normally on a 3x3 three three be an unsolvable position. And then so you have to like do some weird shit to fix it. But that's like not actually a big deal. Um, it's just more shit to memorize. So in essence, solving a Rubik's cube is a lot of relies a lot of memorization. Okay, okay. Um, in terms of like knowing what to do, like recognizing a situation and then memorize and then knowing how to solve it. However, at like the beginner level, you only have to memorize like probably like five or six algorithms. Like we call it, the cubing community calls it algorithms, but like I really don't like the way they call it algorithms because. I'm from a CS background, and an algorithm means a very specific thing that um, cubing algorithms do not match with at all. So it, it kind of annoys me to call it algorithms, but it's passed in the common lingo, so um, I can't really right. say you anything can't about it. it. I can't. I can't do anything about it. It's already too late. Even though I know intuitively that it's very wrong to call it algorithms, but that's just enough of my tism. Um, yeah, so you only have to memorize. If you're a beginner, you should only like be memorizing like probably like six or seven or five or six. I don't remember the exact number because I don't solve it with the beginner method. I haven't solved it with the beginner method for forever now. Um, and depending on what method you use, um, the amount of algorithms you know goes up. Like in Rue, you don't really use that much algorithms. You use a lot of like recognition and like a lot of more intuitive solving methods. 
don't know how to explain it, but like you more recognize the situation than you intuitively turn it such that you'll end up getting a result, but you still have to learn some algorithms, right? For Rue. Right. Like in terms of like Rue can be done with two algorithms though, right? Memorized. And the rest can be done intuitively. But the method I use, which is called CFOP, which uh, is short for cross first two layers, orientation last layer, and then permutation last layer. Um, if you want to learn full CFOP, I think it's a grand total of 51 plus 23. I think it's 84 algorithms for full CFOP. Okay. Um, so it's a lot of work to learn full CFOP. But most people, if you're trying to learn CFOP, they'll kind of cheat and they'll do like two look OLL and two look PLL, which dramatically drops the number of algorithms that you need to learn to like, I think like 10 or something. I don't remember the exact number. I'd have to, I'd have to think about the exact number. But it dramatically drops the number of algorithms you need to remember. Wait, hold on. Let me think about it. Um, okay. I, I, I'm just going to say something like 10. Uh, it's too hard to count. <laughs> I'm cheating. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then there's like, if you want to be more advanced, there's like some special algorithms you can use that like are situationally useful. Um, but like, and they just make it shorter, but you have to like know these algorithms. But like the base for full CFOP, you need like 84 algorithms or something like that, or some. I don't remember the exact number. It's a lot though. Um, but you don't need to go full CFOP, to be honest, unless you're like really trying to like push your times. Right. And at the end of the day, it's like how much effort you want to put into like actually doing stuff. Right. Right. Okay. That makes so sense. it's like, it's like, it's like, honestly, a lot of it's just like, whatever. Um, so, I mean, I taught, so that's about solving cube. Now I've mentioned this, like a lot of this is related to solving a cube very quickly. So a lot of these things, it's like, you have to balance like your own execution speed with like, your how how big brain you can go because you can't go too big brain because like if you go too big brain like you're gonna slow down unless you're like really really good um but if you go too um if you don't think about things too much uh you're gonna go be inefficient so it's like a matter it's like a trade-off between inefficiency and like um execution speed right and, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, um, there's, like, a weird balance. And I guess, like, for a lot of people, it's just, like, it, it requires a lot of practice. Um, yeah, basically, this sounds like puritism. It is like. basically puritism. And it's kind of kind of related to this. But, like, if you actually kind of notice, a lot of speed cubers are very young. Like, they're kids. That makes sense. The reason why is because kids actually have time to tism, like the yeah, exactly. actual practice, right? Exactly. And, and and also like you know they don't have like, ex their like uh, neural speed is like still high, right? Like it doesn't it hasn't reached decay point yet, but yeah, you'll notice like once you get to like you'll you'll notice like basically all of them are like kids or like they're like young. Um, teenagers like high school or just just graduated high school kind of level um like there, you can still be very good like older like you can just be efficient and still get like 10 sub 10 like consistently but like right. sub 10 isn't actually like it's not it's not anywhere close to like you know what most people would call good nowadays like like good it's not like it's like it's good in terms of like the absolute sense like it's good for the majority of the population but it's not like it, okay, it okay. won't That's win just, you anything it's you not competitive I mean? yeah it's, it's not competitive unless you're like, like in like a completely kind of like no competition area where there's not none of those kids who like tism it out <laughs> and and can like yeah. consistently get like sixes or sevens <laughs> six seven averages right 
it's yeah, yeah like it's I average um I average fourteen and I um my best is like eleven point seven Jesus on a three. It's yeah. not that good. Like in, in the absolute sense it's not that good. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the 11.7 is just me being very lucky. Like, that's the thing, too. Okay. Single solves, you can get very lucky, right? So, like, right. Um, the official world record for solving a Rubik's Cube, um, uh, three, 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 three second, 3.47 seconds. But that was an incredibly lucky solve. And this is, again, this is an official solve. Some people have actually broken um, three seconds, I believe. But it's been unofficial, so they don't really count it. But the official world record is three 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 point forty seven seconds, and it's been that way for Jeez. since uh twenty eighteen, um, set by uh, Yu Sheng Du and uh, Woohoo and the Woohoo Open, or twenty eighteen. <laughs> yeah, it's um. But yeah, he he's a very good solver. He he like his average is six sixty four seconds Jesus. yeah it's kind of it's crazy like i can't get to that i'm never gonna get to that level but you know like yeah um but i mean he's not the best world rubik's cube solver in the world he just got really lucky for one solve right like yeah what people care about more and what competitions are measured by is not your single solve time because that's very random like you can get screwed if you do it and if you like have a bad scramble but what they do is uh what they do is like um a best of five okay or average of five or i think it's no it's best of five right so what they basically do is they you take your five time five solves worst time and best time are chopped off and you average the three in the middle that's what is measured for like your actual solves Depending on the competition, this can change though. Like sometimes they'll do like for like seven by seven, for example, it's actually just your average of three, um, because seven by seven takes way too long in comparison. Um, but yeah. So um, single solve time doesn't really reflect a lot because it's very random. Um, oh, it's random. Okay. Yeah, it's um. Like, basically, think of it this way, right? If you have, like, Rubik's... Like, the way I explained solving a Rubik's Cube is, like, solving, like, do, doing a bunch of steps in order, right? Now, just imagine, like, solving a cube, but you, you like, omit two of the steps. That's... That's, um... that's kind of the randomness I'm referring to. And if yeah, you want, that's... like, a world record time, you're going to have to, like, omit, like, multiple steps. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it. Like, it's just like... So you need a lot of luck, right? And there's no way you can control for luck, which is why single solves are, like, they're cool, but uh, in competitions, you don't use single solves to, like, actually measure anything. Right. As for competitions, right? So competitions are actually pretty interesting, um, even though I don't go to competitions, because, like... I mean, I could, but, like, you know, like in the current climate, it seems kind of like a bad idea to go to competitions. <laughs> like, um, there, but there are some competitions that are still going on, which is very strange to me. But, like, most of them have been canceled. Um, like, um, like, if you look at the number of uh, current upcoming competitions on like the world cube association site you'll see that there's like um 22 upcoming competitions normally this is something like in the hundreds because there's competitions like all over the place so the uh, pandemic has done a number on the number of competitions that actually happen especially because like a lot of these are like in person and there's really no way to social distance um competitions it's just impossible and, um, yeah, I haven't gone to a competition. I don't know if I want to go to a competition. The big problem with me for access to competitions is, like, uh, a lot of them are in the middle of nowhere. 
or like they're not like accessible without like a car. So me being a non-car riding person, it's really hard to like go. Like again, there's there's only there would only be like a couple of events that I could go to. Like and like there haven't been any recently, but like you know, like if someone wants to set up an event like in the city, like it'll be there, right? Yeah. Like you know, and like, like there'll be some like university campuses and something like that. Um, there was a competition actually at Princeton. Um, I didn't go because I was kind of busy. It was never any good times. I mean, whatever. I mean, honestly, it's a bunch of kids there who like solving cubes. So I mean, if you're a kid and you want to do it, like it's like cool, I guess. But I mean, like. I don't know. For me, it doesn't really seem so. It, it for me, it's not that appealing. Like I, I probably am never going to go to a competition because I'm not really interested in it. <laughs> Despite being registered on the website, like you'll see zero competitive results if you actually Google me. Um, on the that's fair. I imagine there isn't like much to do, like, like just solve puzzles and shit. Yeah, it's just you solve puzzles and you like compete in events. I mean, like I imagine it's fun for people who actually want to go. It's just not really appealing to me, because like I'm not good enough to the I'm not good to the point where like it makes sense for me to compete, and I don't really care about competing if like I'm not gonna like do anything. You know what I mean? Like if I'm just gonna get bounced first round, what's the point? Yeah, because then you just like exit first round. You just like went there for nothing basically well i mean it's not really you go there for nothing because like what they usually do is they have like uh competitors like alternate judging um which is pretty interesting right so they'll they'll have like the competitors judge and stuff and like so you'll be both judging and competing and like there's different events for different like cubes and since i have a bunch of different cubes i can compete in like two three four five right six and seven are like not really worth it and people don't honestly compete that much in it so i wouldn't do six or seven but i can do two three four five um if i actually bothered to learn blindfold um i could do blind um there's a bunch of different events and then there's a bunch of like the other rubik's sanctioned puzzle shit but like honestly it's not that interesting to me i don't really care if i'm gonna get balanced first round like i said so i i don't bother <laughs> so you're probably never gonna see me in a competition like, I just do it just to, like, for me, it's just, like, moving my fingers around and, like, oh, cool. Sometimes I, like, a lot of my solves I don't time because, like, I don't care about times as much as some people tism about it. Kind of uh, the other sanctioned events, right? So Rubik's, the Rubik's Cube is not, like, so there, Rubik's created some other products, right? Um... um that like are also kind of like used in like um competitions right uh some of them are hard to explain but like i can i'll try to do my best to explain them um so the pyramid is the first one i'm going to talk about um it's kind of just like a tetrahedron um and you solve it it's a tetrahedron you solve it like a it's it's a lot shorter it's just a tetrahedron version of a Rubik's cube, but it's like because there's less pieces, it's actually a lot easier. Um, so it's actually kind of really simple. On the other on the other end of the spectrum, there's the Megaminx, which I believe is a dodecahedron. Is it a dodecahedron? Yeah, it's a dodecahedron. Um, basically, every side is a pentagon and is a dodecahedron. Uh, same idea. Um and then that then one we start that one sounds off the rails. Every side is eh, a it's not that hard actually. It's just it's gotcha. it's a lot of it's just kind of the same. Like there's like very little like complexity that's actually added. It's just like more shit to do. You know, like if you want to actually know how to like like I'm just gonna like break it down. But solving a Mega Minx okay. is basically repeating F two O like a bajillion times in a row. And then doing last layer. So it's actually not that difficult. It just just looks a lot. Yeah, it's just a lot more pieces. And a lot more sides. Then we're going to start getting a little weird. So uh, 
there's two more cubic versions of like stuff that like Rubik's the Rubik's thing made. Uh I guess Hasbro, I'm not really sure like how officially who officially made it. But like the first one's called the Scube. Um it's uh it's basically kind of it's really weird. It basically kind of turns diagonally. Um it's like um so it like uh, it's like a Rubik's cube, but it's like diagonally turns. It's really hard to describe, but like basically, um, what the fuck? Yeah, that it, sounds so trippy. It, it it it's actually it's actually a lot easier than a regular Rubik's cube because it's actually kind of simple. But like, um, basically, um, you have like co- four corners that are like triangles, and then like all the edges are kind of like um squares that like kind of like the centers it's basically um eight corners and then centers so it's actually a lot easier than a regular rubik's cube uh but that's not even the weirdest one uh the weirdest one is what's called the square one and that one's um bizarre i don't know how to solve a square one it basically is like it's a cube thing that like um it can change shape. It's really weird. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's... It can change shape. It's very weird. I don't know how to solve it. I don't have one. It's It just looks really weird to me. Like, I mean... And I mean, like... So people uh, just, like, are doing the cube and it changes shape during... It, what? It's very weird what? to describe. What? The, the problem is you have to see it to really understand what I mean by it, but it's it's bizarre. Like basically, uh, basically what happens is like you have like a top and a bottom layer, and then you have like a thing you can turn it vertically, and then like if you turn it vertically in a certain way, it like scrambles it such in a way that it ends up changing shape. It's very weird. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of other unofficial puzzles too. Like, uh, there's like a gear version of like a Rubik's cube, which is called like a gear cube, um, where like it kind of rotates like a gear. It's not too tricky. It's just like a lot. A lot of these like variations aren't actually as tricky as they look. Well, some of them actually are, um, but like a lot of them aren't really like. Like a lot of them are like kind of really based off of like how you solve like a three by three or something. Um, Another example is like what's called the mirror cube. So the mirror cube um, doesn't have colors, but it's kind of like it has different sizes for every piece. Every piece is a different size, but it's basically a three by three. Uh, It's just trippy because it's like it's hard to tell. But like none of what I've mentioned past this is like official, like time solve, like competitive solve. It's just for fun. Like if you want to do it. Um, I've been thinking about grabbing a couple of like the weird ones. I have what's called a ghost cube, which is a very weird shape mod of like a um three by three. It's really trippy. It it tripped me up when I actually like got it for the first time. I actually got it on a whim on like my uh vacation with uh some of the strugglers in Knoxville. And like I, I got I got cancered because like I, it just tripped me up for like a really long time. But uh, I know how to solve a ghost cube um, because it is just a three by three. And once I figured it out, I was like, oh, I know how to solve it. But it's uh, it's pretty trippy. <laughs> like a lot of these are like just like trippy. I don't know how better to describe it. Okay. Honestly, yeah. the variations sound more fun than. The Honestly, yeah, variations. Stuff. Well, I mean, I actually really like solving the three by three because, like, the mechanical way of solving it feels really good. Like, it just feels really good to solve a three by three. Right, it's just like satisfying. Yeah, it's just really satisfying. Like, I have, I used to be like, I don't really feel the same satisfaction from the other sizes. To be honest, I don't know. Maybe it's just like the time required is just kind of. It's like at a perfect balance where it's like the level of like what you have to do is like it feels good enough uh, but i could also i could also like i could also fuck with a five by five too five by five feels pretty good to solve even though like i'm not good at five by five because i don't practice five by five <laughs> right 
I, I definitely think it's like the effort to satisfaction rate. Yeah, yeah. For me, for like, me, it's definitely three by three is optimal. Four by four is weird actually because I don't actually like four by four is kind of all the even ones are kind of weird except two by two. Two by two is too short to be any sort of satisfying. Um, it's like um, how in track, uh, a four running a four hundred meter is pretty satisfying because it has like a reasonable like ramping curve. It's like really simple. It's usually just one lap on standard track. You know when to accelerate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then it's like running a 600 or like running a 200 is like just feels awkward like you need to be like primed for that specific event in order to run it versus 400 is pretty intuitive i guess that depends on the person though you know i think a lot I mean, of yeah people, yeah yeah it depends you know on the person. yeah but i feel like for a lot of people three by three is the sweet spot which is why it's the most popular one um like seven by seven it's it's good for novelty, but it's kind of too long for me. It's too heavy. Um, yeah. Um, as for a blindfold, I have not put in the effort to learn how to solve a Rubik's Cube. Actually, I, I know how to solve a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. I'm not good enough to do it consistently, and I haven't put the effort to do it. So for blindfold, what you do is you basically memorize a sequence of swaps that you have to do before you actually put your blindfold on and then do the sequence of swaps. And the hard part is memorizing that sequence of swaps and not fucking it up. And I can't do that yet. And I haven't practiced blindfold, so... Like, yeah. Like, every, like, potential sticker position is, like, labeled as, like, from, like, A to, like, Z, I think? Or something like that? I don't remember exactly if it's A to Z. I haven't practiced in a really long time, if you might be able to tell. But uh, yeah, um, and then basically you like memorize, like you'll memorize like, okay, A, E, or like C, B, like shit like that. And then like, you'll do that for both edges and then corners. It's pretty cancer. Uh, well, it's actually not, I wouldn't say it's cancer. It's just something that I'm not really good at. It does sound pretty cancer. Yeah. I mean. Just because I think you lose the visual aspect. Well, I mean, I, for, for people who really like it, it's cool. But like, and it's really cool to show off to people because they're like, holy shit, how can you do that? But like, I mean, like, yeah, but like, I mean, I don't really like the method of solving it blindfold. So it's like, I don't know. Like, so I stopped yeah. practicing it and like, I don't, I still can't solve a Rubik's Cube blindfolded. Like not consistently. I can get lucky and maybe solve it once in like every 100 because then I won't fuck up. <laughs> but I'll be really, really slow. Um. Anyways, um, if you want to actually buy so Rubik's like Cubes. Sorry, what were, you, what were you about to say? No, I was basically saying it's like like playing like, I don't know, like a normally hard game of like the hardest difficulty. It's like you know eh. what to do theoretically, but it's like the input controls and all and like the mechanics means you only get lucky. I mean, I get it. if you put it that way, sure. I mean, for me, it's just I don't want to put in the effort. I don't want to, I don't want to put in the effort to practice it. Like if I did put like if I put in a solid like three weeks or like a month of practicing, I could do blindfold. But like I don't, I don't care enough to do blindfold because <laughs> like blindfold again is like only really interesting when you can show it off to people or you're or you're like really good and you want to solve it blindfolded. But like if you don't want to do it, like me, it's kind of like eh, whatever. I mean, enough people are like you know fascinated by solving a Rubik's Cube regularly, so I don't really care. Anyways, so if you want to buy a Rubik's Cube, do not buy a Rubik's branded Rubik's Cube. You're just going to get ripped off. They suck. They're fucking garbage. Um, Wait, really? Do not buy one. Yes, they're absolutely okay. terrible. They are like... You can get a cheap... You can get a better one for like um, less than a quarter of the price. They are very expensive. Like they go up, they go, they can go up to like thirty dollars, depending on retailer, which is really bad for what the fuck. for like yeah, the quality the of fuck. them, it, it just it, they're just really terrible. Um, like there is like a place, there's a time and place for like Rubik's branded Rubik's cubes, and that's for like non ski speed cube versions for like two year olds to not like blow up because they're basically invincible. They're made so that they don't blow up, right? 
So if you actually want to go and buy a Rubik's Cube, do not buy a garbage Rubik's Cube because it's just going to make your life terrible. And you can buy a better Rubik's Cube for really cheap um, in comparison. Um, so um, like if you want to actually get a, a Speed Cube, um, which I actually recommend because you can get a good Speed Cube for like less than $5. So, you know. Anyways, um, if you want to get, like, if you're in the U.S., like, uh, there's, like, two websites. There's two main retailers in the U.S. that are pretty good. Uh, one is called Speed Cube Shop, and the other is called The Cubicle. Um, they're basically interchangeable. Um, who you want to use depends on who you're closer to, honestly. Um, Speed Cube Shop is based on the West Coast. The Cubicle is based off of the East Coast. Right? So it's just up and to that's you. That's it. That's, that's it. it. It's really just like shipping. Okay. Yeah, it's just shipping. Like other than that, there's really no real difference between the two, because um, they 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 offer the same products, right? And so if you want to, like, if I I recommend like something to get started, I recommend uh, the Moyu RS three M twenty twenty. This one's like eight ninety five, but you can. Um, it's really, really good for being an 895. Like, it's actually, like, people actually kind of rate it to be, like, one of the best cubes ever made. Um, it also has magnets inside the cube, um, which I haven't talked about. But, like, actually, um, so cubes, we... In speed cubes, you put in magnets to, like... Um, so you can... Uh, what What magnets basically do is they basically kind of, like lock they don't really lock the cube in place but like when you turn a cube right they kind of like they click such that like the layers like if you turn like a layer it doesn't like stop like right before it like completes like a complete thing and then it stays together better right so you can like turn better and you don't lock up as much when you're turning quickly which is a problem when you don't have magnets in a cube but if you don't care about going fast it's kind of irrelevant, but it feels a lot better to use half magnets in the cube. Like, like trust me when I say this, it feels like it actually feels like dramatically better to have magnets in your cube. So, if you want to get a cube, I recommend the Moyu RS three M twenty twenty. Right, that's a good that's a good cube. Now, um, if you want to like be a little more, um, if you want to be a little more baller. Uh, you can check out some of the other cubes by um, uh, company like uh, makers. Like uh, Moyu is like another a good example of like a maker. They have more expensive models than the RS3 M2020. Um, also, like manufacturers like Chi. Um, let's see, um, who else? Like Chi, YJ. YJ is pretty good as well. Um, YJ is pretty good. You have uh, you have the Dion. Dion's pretty good. Um, Gan, but Gan is expensive, so I'd only recommend Gan if you really, really want to get into it. Um, like I, my cube is the Gan Eleven M Pro. It's sixty five dollars. So. I'm on the opposite side. Um, what the fuck? It's sixty five dollars, but it feels fucking amazing, and I love it. I love it. It's just it's I fuck with this. Like I really, really fuck with this. So I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't I don't mind dropping sixty five dollars on a Gan Eleven M Pro, even though it's like marked up like Apple. It's basically Gan is basically like the Apple of the um, cubing world, except like they make undisputably good products. Like instead of like questionably dispute like good products it's like they have like apple has good products like but like there's debate about it and gant has really good products but it's like you're gonna have like, to pay the people premium. straight up like these guys are like the best yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean like i mean it, it, the thing is it's very up to personal preference like some people will prefer like a moyu cube or a chi cube over like gant some people prefer like um you know like it, it it really just depends on the person it's really hard 
to describe like how you but it depends on like a lot of of how you turn a cube so it's like kind of whatever also if you want to get a cube i highly recommend getting lubricant um you're gonna want lubricant um because um lube is like like, really cheap it's like probably um, really annoying to keep turning the cube well the here's the thing what lube does is it um it prevents dust from really getting inside the cube a lot of the time and it also makes it also like um like if you don't have a lube cube eventually it's gonna like be shit it's gonna be dust is gonna clog up into it it's gonna be completely garbage and dirty you're gonna have to clean it out like a bunch but cubes don't need lube technically but it just makes your cube feel a lot better right so i highly recommend getting lube um Lube isn't that much more expensive. Like, if you go to one of the retailers that I recommended, if you're in the United States, like, um, EU has EU and OCE have their own re- retailers. So if you, um, if you ask me about them, I can like hook you up with them. But I don't remember the retailers off the top of my head for like EU or OCE. Um, right. And if you're really, really, really desperate, you can always import from China, which is where all these things <laughs> come from. But um, you know. Based. Um, import from China, it is. Yeah. Import from China, it is. But anyway, um, yeah. So get lubricant. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Um, just like again, like this is if you really want to try, and like I mean, like I think it's I think it's fun for like the cost is like pretty minimal if you like don't actually care about it. If you if you're if you want to tism and like gather a bunch of cubes for no reason like me, like sure it'll cost way more, but like. Yeah, but you that get, like a good cube for. So, like, you're gonna spend it, obviously. Yeah. More also, my personal preference get stickerless cubes, because um, I I really don't like stickers, and I think stickerless looks better. But it, that's up okay. to you. Um, and yeah, um, that's pretty much all I have to really talk about for cubes. Um, I can, if I really wanted to, I could talk about like, the mathematics of the cube. Maybe at like an, a, a later episode, but like that's not really cubing. It's more like math, right? Because I, I, I'm down for a math episode. Yeah, like I mean, we, we could eventually talk about like the mathematics of a cube, but like I didn't really feel like it was, yeah, that's a good idea little. to put it here. But I, I honestly think cube, like the mathematics behind a cube, is actually pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of interesting things like that you can talk about. But like, I mean, like again, if I have sold you on uh, getting a Rubik's Cube um, and you're in the United States, uh, hit up either Speed Cube Shop or um, uh, the Cubicle and uh, check out one of the ones that are like cheap. You don't need something expensive. You don't need my GAN 11M Pro. Right. Don't do it if you, unless you like really, really want to like use a GAN 11M Pro. I guess it's like the equivalent of buying like a whole ass like fucking camera when you have it in master taking pictures on an iPhone. I mean, sure, but I mean, like, I mean, like, the thing is, if you really want to, I'm not going to stop you. But I mean, like, like, you can get like the, yeah, you can get the performance. Yeah, I'd say there's not really a point if you're not going to really actually, like, if you don't like actually really enjoy it. Right, yeah. because you can get into this for very cheap. Um, and again, do not go to Target and buy a Rubik's Cube because those store-branded Rubik's Cubes are, like, way too expensive. Like, you can get, like, a better cube. You can get a competitive cube for $5. And, like, like the cube I recommend is, like, eight ninety five from Speed Cube Shop. I don't know how much this is on the cubicle. I can always Google it, but I'm too lazy to Google it. Um but yeah, um, that was this episode. At a later point, again, I'm going to talk about more of the mathematics behind the cube because I think it's actually really cool, but like, you know, that deserves its own episode, right? Yeah. Uh, anyways, if you enjoyed this content, um, head on over to um, Moe. It contains all of the other previous episodes from all of the entire network um, at this point. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, pretty interesting. Um, I, I, I know that like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm biased, but like, I, I think, you know, wax, the wax half full is interesting. Um, it is. yeah. Like it's the battle of healthy masculinity versus toxic masculinity. Yes. 
Yes, that's that's a good way to describe it. Um, also, if you want to support ads in this adventure to get away from OCE and fundraise <laughs> um, our yeah. efforts to um, buy out ads um, in general, buy the rights to ads like an NBA team would. Um, <laughs> or like I guess any, te- any sports team would. Um, go on, there's a donation link that you can use to um, support ads is eventual dreams to live in Japan and uh, live in an isolated farm, I guess. Whatever ads wants to do. <laughs> but anything to get him out of OCE. Uh, we're, we're scared that he's going to get shot by the cops um, one day <laughs> by like uh, you know, the, for fucking vaccine the curfew. Uh, the vaccine so. Anyways, um, yeah, so that was this. That was it for this episode. Uh, well, we'll see you next week for something. Bye, guys. New. All right, see you guys. <laughs>